0: and welcome to the latest edition of the LFC Red Post podcast. Tonight, it's a podcast we've all been particularly looking forward to for a number of weeks. It's the best 50 players that have played for Liverpool in the last 50 years. and number of Reds who've been going the game during that period of time. I've, I've submitted the 50s so we can get an overall view of who they felt was the best players that they've seen during that period. Tonight, I'm joined by... My cohorts, partners in crime, Tom and Pete, as normal. I'm also joined by Barry Holmes, who's been putting all the results together. He's our stato for tonight. And the host of the evening, uh, and our special guest is the one and only James Pearson, the Athletic. So over to you, James, and away we go.
1: Thank you, Les. Yeah, thanks for having me on board tonight, lads. Pleasure to uh, to be hosting this podcast. Well, wow, you you like you guys have clocked up some serious. Serious dedication and service. Some I mean, of you, half a century of uh, of watching the Reds. Some of the things you uh, you will have seen, um, unbelievable. Let's, uh, yeah. The the format is we're going to have three goalkeepers, aren't we? From that from that half century. Um, I know you've all been having a little think about it. So we'll go to Tom first. If I could get your your three goalkeepers over the last half century, Tom. It's quite easy, I think, James. I went well, for uh, Ray clements
2: Alison Becker and
1: Bruce Grubler. Was there anyone who, who came close, Tom? Any any difficult decisions at all? Do you know do you know
2: what? I, I had a soft spot for Jerzy Dudek as well, you know. And I think mainly for the save in the in the Champions League final. And I think he, he was a, a notable close one, but it had to be them three. I think they were the three most consistent. Pepe, of course, Pepe Reina is always going to be there. He was outstanding as well. But I think I think they mainly picked themselves, them three.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who who would you have at the top of the list?
2: Oh, do you know what this? This I, I I would have always said Ray Clemens until the, for the last the last season. And I think I, Alison Beck is just sneaked. He he's an unbelievable goalkeeper. He really is. But do you know what, James? It's the width of a piece of paper. It really is. I know Ray won a lot more, and I, and I know Les. I loved him. I thought he he was the most superb keeper I've ever seen. Make goalkeeper look easy, but well, so does Allison as well. It's we've been so lucky to have two of the best
1: goalkeepers that have ever played the game. Yeah, a hundred percent. How about you, Pete? Have you got the same three? Any any differences? I've, I've got the same three.
3: Um, I would. I've actually. I would think Ray Clemens is the best I've seen. I, th- I think Alison Becker is running him really close at the minute, <clears throat> and if he stays a few more years, he might surpass Ray Clemens. But I just remember, you know, growing up watching Ray Clemens from the cop and some of the saves he made, and <clears throat> and some of the games as well. I mean, in that season where we only conceded sixteen and, and, and things like that, he'd have nothing to do for 80, 80 minutes or more. And then all of a sudden, he'd, he'd just bring out a wonderful save. And I just thought he commanded his box really well. He, you know, he was one of those goalkeepers. He had this trace of jumping for the ball, but leaving his left foot out. So if any any forwards wanted to try the luck, he'd <laughs> probably get the bike by him. But there's certain saves that that stand out. I mean, there's the saves in the European semifinals, the penalty saves, the stuff. But I always remember one that stands out was um, BBC used to have a camera stationed in the Anfield Road end and they were playing Ipswich to this day and I can't remember if it was Paul Mariner or Trevor Weimark but the this header was arrowing into the top corner and from nowhere Clemens just clawed the ball and I think there was rather than applause I think everyone just gasped to think that he actually got, I was on the cop that day but as I say when you watch match of the day you could actually see it from, from, from behind there um, so I'd give it to Clem, just just in front of Allison with Bruce Grabell there. I mean, Bruce was was a character he he, he could go from hero to villain in, in in the same same game. But he was an athletic goalkeeper, a fantastic goalkeeper, Bruce. But some of his um some of his wanderings where where he got caught out, you know, it made him look a bit daft. I mean, in the game against City that we lost three one which ultimately was, was a watershed for us because we went on to win the league after that, but we lost on Boxing Day. And I think two of them went under him. And, you know, he was prone to the odd mistake. And just touching on Ray again, I think the only mistake, real mistake, I can remember him making was for England when Kenny Dalglish bobbled the ball back to in my hand and he, and he contrived to let it go through his legs. <laughs> but, yeah, for, for me, it's Ray Clements, uh, number one, and Allison just after him.
1: Yeah, how about you, Les? Would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I agree 100% with Barry. I think that when when you've got a goalkeeper who only concedes 16 goals, let's not forget it was in a 42 game season, and he only conceded four goals at home in the whole season. I think you know you have to put him as your number one choice as a goalkeeper. I agree with again with what Pete said. You know, there's I've never thought to see a goalkeeper come to Liverpool to be as close to Clem. As what Allison is, but as of yet, he's not surpassed him. But he's come as close as as any sort of goalkeeper I've ever seen play for Liverpool. Um, and you know my my favourite save, a couple of them for, from Clem was the one in the European Cup final just after, and Mönchengladbach had equalised when I think it was Steeler who was right through and he come out and saved at his feet. Another one is probably a save that. Probably a lot of people remember it was a game against Middlesbrough in the FA Cup in 1977, the sixth round. We won the game two 0 but it was it was played on the Saturday after the Saint game, and Middlesbrough had the centre forward called Alf Wood, and he, it was another header, but this time he headed it down, and not only did Clem save it, it was right in the corner. He held it, and to this day, you know, I've seen the save since, and I was there at the time, and it was at the time where he used to stamp behind the goal, right to the front of the cop, And to that, I thought as soon as he added it, I thought he was in. And then um, he saved it. And I just thought, wow, you know, I, I've just seen one of the best saves I'll ever
1: see. Yeah, I, I was I was never lucky enough to watch Clem play for Liverpool, but I was fortunate enough to interview him a number of times. And as well as being an iconic goalkeeper, he was he was one hell of a man as well in terms of the number of legends nights I've been to where, you know, he would stay way, way after he was supposed to signing anything, posing for pictures, just, um yeah, he's, he's massively missed. And I know from the last interview I did with him, he, he adored Alison Becker as well. You know, he was, he was a, a big, big fan of Allison, And, and I think he saw a lot of his own kind of strengths as a goalkeeper in Allison. So um moving on to you, Barry, I know you've got the results of the votes. I think we had over 20 kind of Reds who have been, We've been going to Amfield for over half a century. Submitting their their fifties. What what three goalies did they go to? Was it the similar story?
4: Very much so. Yeah, it was the twenty two um, uh, lists that we got in. So it's a good sample, really. So it gives us a a fair reflection. And certainly, there, there was a lot of uh, agreement on the on the keepers. And uh, it really there was only five nominated uh, amongst the whole twenty two lists. Um, Dudek and and Rayner were, you know, quite popular but they were nowhere near the three that you've already mentioned and in reverse order uh, was Grobelart, number three, uh, and Alison Becker and quite a way ahead in the end was Ray Clements, but certainly between Ray and and Alison, they were way ahead of, of anyone else in the field thanks well, Barry you know yeah good uh, you know certainly a good start in terms of your your own nominations there certainly
1: oh good stuff right well we'll move on to the fullbacks because uh, out of our 50 for 50 years I know we had three goalies we've got six fullback slots to fill um, so Les I'll come to you first this time uh, which which six fullbacks did you go for well I I
0: did it sort of three right backs and three left backs so I could get a decent balance. And it was really tricky trying to decide, you know, between a couple of them, but I went for Steve Nichol, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Phil Neal as my right backs. And we left backs were Andy Robertson, Alan Kennedy, and probably one that maybe not a lot of other people will have selected, but I thought he was a, a very good full-back who had his career cut short by injury, and that was Jim Beglin.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, and I just think that had he not suffered that horrendous injury at Goodison Park in the tackle by Gary Stevens, I think he would have gone on to be one of the all-time great left backs, not just for Liverpool, but in in sort of British football. I just thought he was, he was that good. He had he had everything, and, and people sort of tend to forget. He's one that's overlooked, I think, sometimes in the fact that he played a massive part in our. Was doing the double in 1986. He played that brilliant pass at Stamford Bridge, you know, for uh, for Kenny to score the goal that clinched the title. And he also had a bit of a push and shove with Brucey in the FA Cup final that woke us up <laughs> and got us back into the game. So, so but no, I, I I just think that you know Rob Jones is another one who come really close to getting selected. I just think that you know the amount of injuries that he that he suffered, and if it was just going on. His defensive abilities, I think he would have got in. Um, But he never, ever scored a goal. Um, So I just went with the selection that I I come
1: up with. Yeah. Anyone just miss out?
0: Yeah, as I say, Rob Jones just missed out, you know, uh, for the left-back. You know, Fabio Aurelio Hmm. missed out. Um, And 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 also, you know, Chris Lawler and Alec Lindsay from sort of early back. Um, but yeah, it was a real it was a real tough choice. Um, but again, you know, I just think we've been blessed over the years to see so many, you know, really good fullbacks playing for playing for Liverpool. And you know, we, there, were, there was a time where we went through and we were we were looking for decent fullbacks, but we certainly got a couple of decent ones, you know, in the first team now. And you know, I'm very lucky to have seen a lot of top quality fullbacks during my time watching the Reds.
1: No place for Paul kancheski <laughs> <laughs> He has to get a mention on yeah, it. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Pete? Which six did you go for? I did
3: similar to Les in the fact that I picked three right-backs, three left-backs. Uh, so my right-backs, are picked Trent, uh, Phil Neal, who the most decorated player. Yeah. But I picked Chris Lawler at right-back. Um, it, it's a bit sentimental, really, because... Don't ask me why I did this, but what, my first Liverpool shirt, my mum took me to Jack Sharps in Liverpool City Centre and bought me this red shirt. With, you had to sew the liver bird on separately, and it nearly filled the front of the shirt, so it was that young. <laughs> um, and the fella at the counter said, pick a number, mate, and we'll put a number on for you. Now, I don't know why, because, I mean, at the time, you were probably looking at the Roger Hunts and... People like that. But I picked number two for Chris Lawler. And the ironic thing was when I was playing school football, I was left back, I was a left back because I was left footed. But I used to just love Chris Lawler. He, he was so elegant and you know, he'd come off the pitch sometimes looking as though he didn't have to wash his kiss. But he was such a he read the game so well, and obviously his goal record as well, um, 61 goals, you know, from right back. And I'm not even yeah. sure he took any penalties, and he was such a, a fine player. So they're me three right-backs, left-backs. I've got a surprise one, actually. I'm looking at my list now, thinking, why they I do that? But I've got Alan Kennedy um, for obvious reasons, you know, with regards to winning European Cups, etc. Andy Robertson, currently a left-back, for just the way him and Trent combine, even though they're on opposite sides of the pitch. The one that's probably going to surprise and maybe raise a few giggles, I've, I've gone for sticking the Bjornaby, to be honest. Okay. And the reason I've said that was... Not so much as defending, but he he could literally just cross a ball onto a sixpence, you know. And when he was playing in that the Roy Evans team where we played with three centre backs, um I just picked him once again a, a bit sentimental because as I say I was left footed and I had play left back at school, but I just thought his crossing ability was fantastic, Stig. Um, as I say, he wasn't the quickest, and he he certainly wasn't the best defender at left back, but I just thought I'd throw him. In as a bit of a wild card, to be honest. There were others yep. that nearly made it, like, like Les said, you know, Rob Jones, Alec Lindsay, Joey Jones, another, another left back that we seem to have mad left backs, don't we? But <laughs> you know, there were others that sort of got close. But I thought I'd just throw Stig in, just as a, as a wild card, to be honest. Yeah,
1: yeah. How about you, Tom? Well, I changed a little bit, you know,
2: just, I, I was looking at this like. You and I spoke to Les about it once, and I said, What I'm looking for is players that who I thought contributed and really made a, a point and done so much good for the t- team when he played the full back. So I went I went for Tommy Smith that night back. Tommy Smith, I didn't play him as a centre back because I thought he was a bit slow at centre back, but I thought at full back. You could me my first ever cup final in 1974. You could ever forget the build up he played, and you know what like the, the one two the passing down, you know going down the down down the line and laying the ball across from Keegan to score the third goal. Absolutely brilliant. He was as hard as nails. No one ever got past him. So I went for I went for Tommy. I went for against. Um, Phil Neal, you've got to pick Phil Phil Neal yeah. because he was the most successful. You know, as we were saying the other week, not probably the best right back, but you know, like I, I picked, I picked him, and I picked. Do you know who I picked as as a, as one that I was thinking about? And I thought a person who was robbed of a career. Do you know? But when he was there, he was absolutely sensational, as good as anything I've ever seen. And that was Marcus Babble.
1: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good and shout. you know,
2: and you know, for Babble, he, he was such a brilliant, brilliant fullback. Do you know, like, and but for the injury, you know, like he would he would have gone. I just thought he was one, Trent, Trent, and I went with Robbo and Stevie Nichol, Again. Stevie Nicholl picks himself, doesn't he? Because the, he was just a marvellous footballer. Same as, same as Andy Robbo. I don't think I've ever seen anyone as good as Andy Robbo. Uh, he's probably... maybe You stand out as full-back. Yeah. So there was my six. Christy right, Lawler. Christy Lawler come very, very close. I was uh, I made a list... And it took people in and it took people out right up to the more or less the last day. But I decided in the end that that, that was the six. And I thought, you know, a nice mention for Marcus Babbel, if nothing else.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I think it's easy to forget Babbel. You're right. He was he was operating at a very high level, wasn't he, in that that treble winning season before um before illness struck. So um yeah, that's a that's that's a good six there, Tom. How, Barry, how does that how does that compare to the votes we had in?
4: Well, it's interesting, really, because with the goalkeepers it was fairly fairly clear cut and and uh, uh, universal, really. But uh, with the fullbacks, there was quite a a bit of difference. Um, for a start, uh, and this happens as well with the midfield and the forwards, there's people who you could put in at fullback who you could also put in at Center back, uh, you know, Emlyn Hughes, Steve Nicholl, Steve Staunton, just to mention a few. So, where there's been any doubt, what I've done is I've put them in the category where the most people uh, allocated them in their lists um, to try and make sure that nobody is disadvantaged. Um, altogether, we got 17 nominations for the uh, fullback, so 17 different players. The ones that came very close to the final six were, in fact, uh, Marcus Babbel, Rob Jones and Chris Lawler. Um, but there was quite a gap, to be fair, between Chris Lawler and the number six, who was Alan Kennedy. Uh, number five was Steve Nichol, four was Andy Robertson, number three was Trent, uh, two, Phil Neal, and number one. Emlyn Hughes, and that's why I say it's interesting that some people yeah. the most people put yeah. him as a fullback, although obviously he could play centre-back as well so uh, Emlyn Hughes ended up as the, uh, the top man in the fullbacks
1: Great, thank you Barry, uh, right, let's swiftly move on to, to the centre-backs so we've got nine centre-backs to, to get through here um, Pete we'll start with you this time uh, what what have you gone for?
3: Uh, interesting. that body just said that you could interchange fullbacks with centre backs. I used a bit of artistic license to get my fifty. So I actually put Steve Nickel and Emlyn Hughes as centre backs, and that was solely because there. Was, I mean, it was an impossible task to to pick fifty anyway. Yeah. Um, I put Tommy Smith as a centre back as well. Although I know, you know, he. he, he played at right back, uh, you know, occasion, like you were mentioning before. Um, Hansen and Lawrensen, you sort of go in tandem, really, you can't pick one without the other. Yeah. Um, currently, Virgil van Dijk, um, and then I've picked Sammy Hippier as well, what a, what a buy he was, I think he was just over two million, was he or something from, from Dutch football, um, and I've picked Phil Thompson and Jamie Carragher as the local lads, Um Carragher, I mean, you just have to look at the one performance in Istanbul where he was playing through so much pain. And, you know, he, he, he and Tomo together are like local heroes, really. Um, but, yeah, so I've used a bit of bit of artistic license. I've put Stevie Nichols as a centre-back, although you wouldn't play him there uh, too often. Uh, and, as I say, and the news, uh, and Tommy Smith as well. But uh, that was just the jig, the jig things about, so I could get other players in in other positions. To be honest,
1: <laughs> any um any anyone come close and just miss out. Oh, there's so many.
3: Um, I mean, I loved I love Daniel Agger as a centre back because yeah. he was so. You know, he was. People think of centre backs as being in the Tommy Smith mould and being in the Ron Yates mould, where they're just big stoppers. But Daniel Agger was so elegant, bringing the ball forward. Um. I mean Skerl. I, I used to love Skerl for his whole heartiness. He was one of those type of players that would put his body on the line. But as I say, you know, I'd already sort of borrowed a couple of fullbacks to make up the numbers, so there's going to be some m- miss outs, you know. Um yeah. But yeah, it, it it's just also what I also try to do for the 50 is not concentrate too heavily on the current or the most recent. You want some of the older players. To you know, certainly to be included in that. And that's why I picked the likes of Tommy Smith and Emlyn News there, yeah.
1: Yeah, cool. Thank you. Uh, Les, we'll come to you next. Um, just before we do, you give us the names, Les. It, how, how difficult is it, do you think, trying to compare people from different eras?
0: Yeah, it is really difficult because obviously the game has changed. The game is played in a different way than it was probably even in, you know, five years ago. So never mind when you're going back. You know, fifty years, you know, and, but everything resolves. And I think a good player is a good player. And I think with the with the right training and uh, you know, and living the life, you know, properly. Let us say, not like they did back in the day, which was, you know, wasn't say it's the most professional way they used to used to live. I'm sure you know a lot of the players who played in the '70s would have just been able to adapt to the modern game because. Mm-hmm. You know, they were, they were that good a player. You know what I mean? Um, but as I say, I had the vast majority of the ones that, that Pete had. Um, I had Phil Thompson, Emlyn Hughes, Mark Lawrenson, Alan Hanson, Jamie Carragher, Sammy Apier, Virgil van Dijk, Tommy Smith. And the one I had different was Joel Matip. I think Joel Matip has been a bit of an unsung hero at Liverpool. I think, you know, he, he, I think he was... Uh, Tired with the same brush as Dejan Lovren, when he come, I think when he first come, he, he wasn't able to contract, concentrate on his own game because he was worrying what Dejan was going to do because Dejan had a mistake in him as we all know. Yeah. But then once once Virgil come in and and you know Matip knew what a great player Virgil was, then he was able to concentrate on his own game and adjusting for for three seasons. I just thought he was absolutely magnificent. Yeah, he's had there, he's had his injury problems over the time, but when he come in, he'd never ever let the let the team down. And uh, I thought he was the the year we won the the Champions League. It, he was magnificent in that final. You know, the pass that he put up for Debuch, the you know, for the for the winning goal will live long in the memory. So yeah, I think that he struggled a bit last season, uh, but I'm just hoping that it was. You know, the after effects of what happened in Paris, and he'll come back, you know, to be as good as he ever was during the coming season.
1: Great stuff. How about, how about you, Tom? More or less, most of the same.
2: Um, Hansen and Lawrence picked themselves. They, they're just unbelievable. Probably Mark Lawrence gets a special mention because everyone talks about Alan about Lanson as, you know, in, in that partnership, but Lawrence was a quality quality player, neatest, cleanest tackler I've ever seen, probably, brilliant player. But I put Emlyn at centre-back. I have put Emlyn Hughes because he, uh, that's where I'm more associated with him the most, you know. Again, with with Peter, I went with Sammy Iper and Jamie Carragher. You couldn't leave out IP. I think I play was... Uh, all through the times when we were struggling, he was a quality, just another one, a proper ball playing centre back, wasn't he? So he picked himself, Virgil, I picked Virgil, I picked Phil Tomo, I picked Daniel Aguirre in one, and the one I left at, at a place, and I picked this... I picked this one because again the same sorts of thing about about the way he played the game. He was a beautiful footballer to watch, and that was Gary Gillespie. Mm. And a lot of people forget Gary, you know, like, and he was he was he was a he was a marvellous marvellous player as well. So they was they was my centre backs. I think more or less the centre backs picked them, more or less picked themselves. There's only like one or two places, you know, like. You, you could sort of quibble over it either way. It's a personal choice. So, but how could you how, how could you not pick them? I, th- I think it's going to be hard. To, it'll be really interesting when Barry puts the list together. Who comes in at one and two? Yeah, yeah. You know, it really will. I know it'll probably be one and two. Will probably end up lunch and Lawrenson, But you would imagine in which order.
1: Is that what you would go for, Tom? If you were picking like two as a combination?
2: Do you know what would you would have put Virgil van Dijk? Maybe Virgil, Virgil and Hansen. Yeah, they, they would have been probably. But you know what? Then you think about leaving Lawrence out. You, you talk about when Les was talking about about the goal. We talking about the goalkeeper's conceding sixteen goals. he had he had as as well. It was brilliant that he was. He had Hansen and Lønnsen in front of him. who were probably probably the best centre backs out anywhere, any partnership in any in any country, you know, so it's it's a really hard one. But I I think Virgil I think Virgil the first season and the first couple of seasons he was here in Silk Pickford, Dunham, I think I think was was probably on par and probably would have just edged out um, Mark Lawsen. But that would have been a hard one to take. Marking Lotus because I, I loved him. I thought he was a he's another great footballer, James. You could get up and down the pitch, yeah. Brilliant footballer, scored goals as well. Brilliant. Well,
0: Tom, can I just say that you're doing Phil Thompson an injustice there because oh, it was yeah. Phil Thompson, who partnered Alan Hansen when we only conceded 16 goals. Sorry, we, didn't, we didn't sign Lotto until '81.
2: Oh my god. I'll take that back then. <laughs> <laughs> I did do Tomo,
1: <laughs> it'll be on your case. <laughs> oh
2: God, um, Sorry We've got him coming on as well. Don't tell him <laughs> that, uh, <please. laughs>
1: right? Then, uh, Barry, maybe you could give us the, the results of the votes on the center backs.
4: Yeah, sure. I think, I think, again, this discussion with the full backs and center backs has shown us really what a, a great. Uh, depth and range of talent we've been able to watch over the last 50 years, it is so difficult isn't it to sort of pick amongst the cream of these, these players um, but it's similar to, to, to what uh, the lads have said, the ones that came close uh, were Mark Wright, uh, Joel Mattit, and Stefan Henshaw uh, they were the three that came nearest to the top nine um, but coming in at number nine Start to sound like Alan Freeman now. I'm picking <laughs> up. New in at number nine is uh, Gary Gillespie, so he he did get into the nine. Then eight was Daniel Agger, uh, and moving upwards, Jamie Carragher, Tommy Smith, Bill Thompson, Sammy Hippier. and then you were debating the last three there, Tom, and yeah. uh, it was uh, Mark Lawrenson. Virgil Van Dyke and Alan Hansen at the top. Yeah,
2: that's what I probably would have gone with Buddy.
4: Yeah, the, for, interestingly, with, with the markings and that, there wasn't a great deal between Sammy Hippier and Mark Lawrence. Wow. Mark just judged him, but uh, you know, in terms of the markings, they they came pretty close. Uh, and then Virgil was a fair way ahead of Mark. And Alan Hansen was again a fair way ahead of uh, Virgil Van Dyke. So that's the uh, that's the centre backs.
1: Thank you, Barry. Um, right then, on to, on to the midfielders, which will be interesting. We got a a big field here, sixteen to pick from in our in our fifty best of the last fifty years. Um, who should we come to first this time? We'll come to you, Les. This time, um, if you want to start talking us through your midfield list.
0: OK, well, I've, I've, I've done it with, you know, the great midfields that we've had. So, Case McDermott, Souness, Ray Kennedy, Houghton, and Mahmarn, Barnes, Gerard Alonso, Mascarano, then Coutinho, Ian Callaghan, Steve Mahmarnamon, Jordan Henderson and Ginny wynaldon I mean, and again, you know there was, there was so many more that you could have picked. Um, you know Peter Cormac going back to the the early seventies. You know Brian Ball. You know, and then you know, and and their players are were a little bit forgotten, but they made they made a massive contribution to, you know, to Liverpool winning trophies in that era. And then you've got you know from the modern the modern team. I mean, you know, squad that have won stuff over Jurgen. You know, the likes of James Milner, who I would have loved, you know, to to have got in there somewhere, but I just couldn't fit him in. And I just thought that, you know, Millie was a player who who never let us down. And the fact that I couldn't get him in my my 50, you know, I'd have to have left somebody like uh, maybe an Ian Callaghan out, you know, to get Millie in, or or maybe even a Jordan Henderson or a Ginny. But I think what the last few years have, have shown to me. Is how important Ginny was. And Ginny was like the, the modern day Ronnie Whelan, if you like. A lot of people didn't understand that the job he did for the team.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, what I mean,
0: but now that he's now that he's left us, they've actually they're actually aware now of the job he, he did. And now these sort of say, oh, you know, we need a new Ginny Wine And that's how, you know, Ginny, Ginny never ever let you down wherever he played, he would he would always be for me. He would always be a minimum seven and a half out of ten. And sometimes, most of the time, he was at eight, eight and a half. And he would do the job that Jürgen wanted him to do. And, you know, but when I look at the when I look at the rest of them, you know, wow, you know, whichever midfield you were facing there or you were putting out, if you were, if you were driving to the match, you know, getting the team used at two, two o'clock on a Saturday, you know, for, you know, for... JP, you tweeting the, the Liverpool team, and you're seeing the team sheet was Case McDermott Sunus, or Kennedy or Half <laughs> and McMahon and Barnes, or Gerard, Alonso, Mascarano. You know what I mean? You, you just say, wow, you know, can't wait to see them. And again, you know, it reiterates again how lucky we've been over the past, you know, 50 years we've seen them. But you know, there's there's so many, there's so many players there that you could mention. You know, Terry McDermott with, you know, Football of the Year scored some unbelievable goals when you needed them. Ray Kennedy, you know, and then, you know, Ronnie Whelan, the amount of goals he scored in important games. You know, when he went from the left side midfield to, to play centre midfield and get a magnificent partnership with, with Steve McMahon. And then, you know, a couple of people who might be forgotten, you know, Steve McMahon. What a player Steve McMahon was.
4: Yeah, you know,
0: he yeah. the ball, you know. I think Maka's biggest Maka would have been right up there with the world's best players that you've ever seen. If he could have scored more goals than he did, but he would do all the donkey work and then miss the sitter in front of the goal. But he had everything he could do. He could just take the ball from one end of the field to the other, beat men, you know, for fun. You know, and he laid on so many goals for for Robbie Fowler. And you know, it was a, it was an absolute pleasure to watch him and. You know, I was so, so disappointed you know, when he left you know, to go and join Real Madrid. But what a career he had for Real Madrid. He you was know, scoring in the Champions League final. He won everything. And there's not many players you know, over the years who've left Liverpool and gone on to be an out-and-out success. But Steve McManaman is one of them. And another one I put in, who, you know, because I know he left in a bit of you know, acrimony, if you like, and there's a bit of bad feeling. That he did leave with Phil Coutinho, you know for Liverpool, he was absolutely magnificent. You know, when he got his head turned by Barcelona, and I think the things that upset people was that he feigned, feigned that back injury to not play, yeah, uh, and then he wouldn't sort of stay for the, you know for the second half of the season that we got to Kiev, and um, you know, you don't know yet if he had stayed and agreed to stay for that second half of the season, he could have just been that little bit of difference. That might have made us with you know with winning that that game in, in Kiev rather than, than losing two one. But you can never forget the player he was while he was here. And then Alchegolivi and Caligan out. You know, Liverpool's record appearance maker, what a player. You know, only got booked once when he shouldn't have been booked by Pat Partridge, won everything in the game. Brilliant. You know what I mean? And as I say, I'm so lucky to have been able to see. Those
1: players play. Definitely, and as you said, it's such an embarrassment of riches to be trying to pick sixteen names from. Tommy, what did you go for?
2: Similar, mostly, mostly similar. But um, I picked Sooners, Jared, Alonso, Mascarano, Terry Mack, Ray Kennedy, Johnny Barnes, Ronnie Wheelan, Steve McMahon, who I thought played alongside with with, with Wheelan. I was absolutely incredible, Jordan Anderson, and do you know what? Someone I'm surprised that you left him out. Les Jan Mulby. yeah, uh,
0: he's another one. Do
2: like, you know like Yamalby? And then do you know what? I, I threw in, I threw in Peter Beardsley for of that Kenny's team of like, that's say at that period as a midfielder. I thought he was brilliant with Barnes alongside. So I went for Ian Callaghan, Peter Cormac. I I had to pick Peter Cormac. Do you know? I just he he was such an elegant footballer. He was he was he was a brilliant footballer. Shankly got the best out of him. He was an amazing footballer. And do you know Ian Callaghan. And do you know I threw another one in, Les. Who who when 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 I was saying to you, someone who, who you think has come into the midfield and done something and then deserved to get a mention and that was Gary McAllister from 2001 you know, yeah, what, yeah. A, what a role he played if not for Gary McAllister then 2001 would never have happened, you know so I think, and and you know an unsung hero, I threw in the last one and I could have left I could do so many, I missed out on one of them, which I, I beat myself up over, but you know who I put in, I threw in Kite, because he gave everything, didn't he, he was a player, I don't think he'd ever be, well, a player that you'd look at, but he he never left anything else, on a football pitch, so I added, I added Kite, very difficult though, because yeah. as Les has gone over, all, all the people, that we've missed out, I missed out Jimmy Case as well, I loved Jimmy, I played against Jimmy Case, so you know, when he was, when he was younger, so, but it's just, you it, well, you, do you know what, he scored six goals. I'll, I'll tell you, he scored six goals in that game, by the way. Yeah. But it just, it, it's just, it's so difficult
1: to pick 16. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it really is.
2: is.
1: Yeah, because also it's, it's how you compare, isn't it? Because you mentioned Gary McAllister there, who has obviously got iconic status because of that 2001 <laughs> season but it's difficult to compare that to someone who gave 10 years of their career to Liverpool. And obviously, you know, there's longevity, there's glory. And then there's, you know, just like a, a Gary McAllister type Liverpool career where he was, you know, it was the beauty of that was no one expected it, did it? It was when Liverpool signed him, people were scratching their heads saying, why on earth would you sign him at that stage of his career? Yet, he proved to be exactly what Liverpool needed at that moment in time. Also,
2: also but James, he, you know what? He developed Steven Gerrard into the player that he, yeah. he is today, and Steven Gerrard says that himself, doesn't he? Yeah. So he played such a pivotal role and, uh, uh, and taught him so much. So, you know, like as you say, been in there and done. it. <laughs> Jimmy Case
3: has
1: brought the dogs for you. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: think,
1: I think Phil Thompson wants a word as well. <laughs> oh please I'll leave now. Please I'll go now. How about you, Pete? How about you with your midfielders?
3: Yeah, I think this was the most difficult category, to be honest. It, it gave me sleepless nights, this one. I'll read me 15 out. I, I mean, Callaghan was the first name down, to be honest. And then you've got Terry McDermott, Ray Kennedy. Graham Sooners, who is my all-time favourite player, to be honest. Um, Ronnie Whelan, Steve McMahon. Steve McMahon, and I've put John Barnes in there, if only for the fact that i probably wanted to be greedy with the forwards. Uh, Stephen Gerrard, Shabby Alonso, and then James Milner and Henderson from the more recent crop. Um, Peter Cormac. I agree with Tom. Peter Cormac was so elegant. He he was he was almost balletic in his movements. He 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 was he was like a ballet dancer moving into the box, and he he was such a such a brilliant player, Peter Cormac. Uh, and then I had picked Jimmy Case, so I'm safe.
0: Uh, <laughs> and then
3: the last couple on my list, I did pick Ian Mulvey because he was such a, a great passer to the ball with both feet and. I don't think I ever saw him miss a penalty. He probably did. Les will correct me. He probably has missed one. But QPR. <laughs> okay. I thought he was. <laughs> and then the final, the final name on my list is Craig Johnston, because he was just he was so effervescent. Craig Johnston put so much energy in into that midfield, and and he'd weigh in with the odd goal. Didn't score heaps of goals, but he was he was he was just alive wire from start to finish. Uh, I remember seeing Xabi Alonso, I think it was his home debut against Norwich. And one of my mates actually had to go to a wedding down south and he texted me at half time. And he said, how's the game going? And as I just replied and said, it's an Alonso masterclass. He absolutely dictated the play from start to finish, Xabi Alonso. Um, like Les said about Steve McManaman, another one who literally you could just give the ball to him and, and the rest of the team could have a breather if they needed to, you know, he was, he was a great player. As I say, Souness is my all-time favourite. So I'm not saying he's the best player I've seen for Liverpool, but he's, he's my favourite player ever. Um, And Terry McDermott was another one similar, where he, he could literally run from the first minute to the last minute all the time. He wasn't the paciest, maybe, but he'd give you 90 minutes and he never seemed to run out of any energy at all. Um, and, you know, I mentioned for, for the current captain, Henderson, what he's done in the last few years. I mean, he he was, <clears throat> and I hold my hands up. I was one of the ones when he was he was maybe moosed going to Fulham. I I said to me mates, I, I don't think I'd miss him to be honest. And thankfully, he's proven me wrong. What do I know about football, you know? Uh, and the, and the pots he's collected in the last few years, and the way he's carried himself on and off the field for Liverpool, he had to be in there. But um, yeah, I think. All in all, it was the most difficult category to try and get 60, and you probably got to have got 50 midfielders, to be honest, <laughs> just in that you know those positions, and like the lads have said, when when I think of some of the names have missed out, like Phil Coutinho, like Luis Garcia, um, you know, like Wijnaldum, if you put them in, which three do I take out now? You know, after these, it's so difficult, but, you know, once again, I tried to put some of the old guard on, if you want, and... And Ray Kennedy, is the best centre forward I've ever seen playing in midfield. That's all <laughs> I can say about Ray
1: Kennedy. He's brilliant. Uh, and Barry, how how did we how do we go with the votes for the midfielders?
4: Uh, yeah, I think uh, the lads have reflected uh, a lot of them. I think first thing to say is is uh, a couple of you mentioned John Barnes, but he actually uh, he appears in the forwards, so uh, uh, <laughs> that's why he's he's not going to be mentioned in, in the midfield at this stage. Um, in fact, we got uh, thirty different players nominated for midfield, um, and a lot of them have, have been mentioned. And they, they actually scored quite highly in the in the overall fifty. Um, ones that came close uh, to being in the top sixteen but didn't quite make it uh, were um, uh, Ray Houghton, James Milner, Lewis Garcia. And uh, Phil Coutinho, and also Sammy Lee as well. That they, they all came fairly close, um, but it was a, a strong category. And starting from 16 and heading upwards, we start off with Genie Weinaldum, who, who just got in there at the uh, at the bottom of that. Uh, Steve McMahon, uh, Didi Herman, Gary McAllister, uh, Mascherano, Jimmy Case. Steve McManaman, and Jordan Henderson. Uh, Jan Mulby comes in at, uh, at number eight. Uh, there was a draw between uh, Callaghan and Whelan for the sort of six. So it was a joint six uh, spot for those two. And then the final five were Jabi Alonso, uh, Terry McDermott, uh, Ray Kennedy, Graham Souness, and finally, no surprise, Stephen Gerrard. So that was the the list uh, for the midfielders, but very competitive that one, and um, high, high scoring that one
1: yeah yeah when you when you look at those names, you realize what an embarrassment of riches there's been over Absolutely. the years the, uh, Brilliant, thank you, Barry. Um, right, and then moving on to the forwards, which I think is probably going to be equally competitive, trying to uh, trying to force your way into the 16 names here. Um, Tommy, do you want to kick things off for this department?
2: Yeah, go on James. Um, a couple of players you've been mentioned already I met, I met put in me forward line which I put Coutinho and I put Mach- Manaman up as forwards. Um, I picked um, Mane, Salah, Firmino, Dalglish, Rush, Kevin Keegan. How do you you got to be Keegan's Got to be right up there. One of the greatest. Fernando Torres, Robbie Fowler, Michael Owen, Su- Suarez, Sturridge. I pick Sturridge. Now, not not a lot of people will pick Sturridge, but over the, as a finisher, he was up there with 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 any of them. Mm. You know, I know he was a bit he, he injury prone, and he went out. Up, I was tied between Sturridge and Aldo, and I ended up going for Sturridge. Coutinho, I picked Coutinho, picked Highway, Tosjak, and I picked Emil Heskey and Steve McManaman. Again, it's so difficult, isn't it? You miss, I was another one I was gonna put for, for the forwards, which has been mentioned as a midfield player, was Lewis Garcia. So you're trying to fit players in, in the best yeah. way that you possibly could, but um, I think mainly I put Stevie Highway as, as a forward. I know a couple of the lads were talking about putting him as a midfield player. Um, Michael Owen, you have to pick Michael Owen because it, him Suarez and Torres picked themselves, don't they, you know, yeah. as goal scorers. But um, Rushy Dalgleesh. And the front three will go down as probably the best, I think, probably one of the best front threes I've ever seen in world football. You know, long years to come, people have been talking about Mane, Salad, and Firmino. You know, right up there with Neymar, Neymar, Messi, and, and Suarez. You know, it's just incredible front three. They would, it just, it was so different. Again, what well, I'm looking forward to when Barry picks, I know. I know like Dalglish and Rush will probably be up there as well, but how them three compare as well up there, it's going to be very interesting. But I thought this was the hardest one to pick the forwards. Which...
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very competitive. Uh,
2: how about you, Les? Yeah,
1: I had uh, a lot of the same
0: ones that, that uh, Tom's just had. Um, I'll just read me list. I think it's easier than trying to sort of read which ones. Keegan, Highway, Dalglish, Rush, Fowler, Owen. Heskey Torres Suarez Sturridge, Salah Mane Firmino Beardsley Aldridge and my last one is probably just again a bit like Pete before is one I pick sort of it's a bit of a personal choice a pick of favourite of mine and my lad will be surprised that he haven't mentioned De so but David Fairclough is my last. Oh, yeah. I thought that in 1975-76 Liverpool ended up winning. The league and the UEFA Cup, uh, which were Bob Paisley's first trophies. And without David Fairclough, we wouldn't have won any. I can remember being at Anfield on a Grand National morning, on a Saturday in the paddock, stood on my stool so I could see over the wall, and David Fairclough comes on as substitute, and so with five minutes to go, he must have beat half the Everton team, um, run from the the sort of um, They did get Kemden Roadside and slotted it in the the corner. And it was the first derby, I think, where there'd been a goal for about three years because they'd all been ending nil-nil. And ultimately, when you look back, that was the goal that won us the league. And he also scored a lot of other important goals that season. And he also cost us the FA Cup in 1977, not through any fault of his own, but because Bob Paisley made his biggest mistake as Liverpool manager and not putting him as sub in the FA Cup final against Manchester United. Because at that time, he had that reputation of being a super sub. And you'd only have to see him warming up. You know, and he put the, the fear of God into all the opponents. And you know, it was a boring off day at Wembley. You know, United would have been tired in the last 20 minutes and it would have been just an ideal game to put him on. And whoever, whoever was at Anfield on that, day in March 1977 will ever forget that goal he scored against Saint-Étienne. You know, one of the greatest nights in Anfield at that time, I walked out of that ground thinking that night will never be surpassed. And luckily for me, it has been a couple of times. But yet yeah, David Fairport for me thoroughly deserved his place in the 50. But, you know, Dibakarighi come close, John Toshak come close. Um, and again, as Tom said, I totally can care. There was a really, really difficult uh, category, you know, and it was who do you leave out, you know, rather than I mean, even someone like Diogo Jota from the from the current current team, you know what I mean? He's he scored a, a number of goals since he's been at the club, but I couldn't find a, a space for Diogo. But yet, yeah, so they were my they were my forwards, and again, I just reiterate what I, what I've said before. An absolute pleasure and a privilege to have watched these players live for for during my 50 years and plus of watching the Reds.
1: Definitely. How about you, Pete? I'll run through quickly. Like the lads
3: have said before, you see, you tend to pick like two or three players who play together because they they were such a unit, you know. Yeah. So running through um, the 16, I've started with Kevin Keegan, Steve Highway. Uh, Russian Dalglish, Luis Suarez, Fernando Torres, uh, Salamane and Firmino, they go hand in hand, as do Fowler Owen and Heskey. And then I picked John Tosha. Um, I picked Daniel Sturridge and um, Peter Beardsley. And finally, I did pick John Aldridge, but it, it was so difficult. Like some of the names, like Les has just said about Fairclough being left out. Um, I just remember. When Keegan and Toshek were, were, were at the pump, that was when I first started going regularly to all the games when I was a kid, and you saw them two up front, and you just thought, well, how many are we going to get today with these two? <laughs> um, you know, looking down the list, you've got Dalglish and Rush, and they were almost telepathic at times. Some of the passes that Kenny had put through for Rush, he's a slot away. Um, and then, like Tom mentioned, Salamani for me, you know, probably the best front three in world football. And uh, I'd put them even higher than the others that he mentioned, the Barcelona lads, to be honest. I just think they were fantastic. And it was a shame when, you know, sort of Mane went and now Bobby's gone as well. So hopefully we'll start that that trend again and get another another good front line going. Um, I put Toshan, uh, Toshak in, as I say, because Keegan as well, but I just thought Toshak. I think he he very nearly joined Leicester City and he failed a medical going to Leicester and he came back to Liverpool. And he, he actually came back and was a better player after he 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 didn't go down to Filbert Street. Um I I just thought he was he looked like Bambi on ice sometimes. He was he was obviously a big tall lad, but that hat trick he scored at West Ham on the frosty, the frosty pitch. I think it was a may have been a League Cup tie or a, I'm not too sure, but he scored a hat-trick down there. And, and Keegan was doing all the legwork, running the defenders, and he was just getting on the end of stuff. And then in, in Daniel Sturridge, I always said to my mates that if Daniel Sturridge had stayed fitter for longer, he'd have been such an immense player. And I, I do think at the time, he was he was England's best centre-forward when he was fully fit, Daniel Sturridge. Such a good finisher, such a good goal scorer. And him and, him and Suarez together were, were lethal, you know. Uh, and then, the, as I say, Beardsley, Peter Beardsley came down from Newcastle and he was just, you know, he was he was everywhere. He was another, what I call, a live wire player. Uh, and then John Aldridge, sentimental maybe because he was a Liverpool lad and he, he came home. Uh, he only made just over 100 appearances, but he scored some really important goals for us. And then even after he'd left um, to go to Spain, he came back to Merseyside and I used to watch him go into overs to watch him sometimes. So... It was another difficult category, but, um, you know, it's been fun doing this, it really has. Maybe we'll have to do 50 runners-up next time, because there's so many that we've left out that, that you know, could well be in it, you know. could do the 50 worst. Could, yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: we haven't had that. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely have Barini and Balotelli in this section. Oh, yeah. Yeah. and um, that one's for another week. Well, right, Barry, how are we doing on the uh, results of the votes for the the forwards? Well, it's like Eric Morecambe said, you know,
4: all all the right players, but not necessarily in the right order. So um, uh, there was, we got uh, 29 nominations for the forwards. So it was it was pretty uh, competitive, like the midfielders. The ones that came closest to the top 16 uh, were Heskey. Uh, Dirk Cout and David Fairclough. Um, and then the 16, uh, the number 16 was Daniel Sturridge. So he he just uh, crept in there. And then going up from him was John Toshak, John Aldridge, Steve Highway, Peter Beardsley, Michael Owen. And then we've got uh, Sadio Mane, Bobby Firmino, Fernando Torres, Luis Suarez, Robbie Fowler, um, Mo Salah, Kevin Keegan is number four, John Barnes, who we know could could be in midfield or or, uh, forward, he came in as number three. Uh, Ian Rush was second, and Sir Kenneth was number one. So that's the, the forward. So, as you said, really, an impossible task, really, isn't it, to choose yes. from those, yeah.
1: Yeah, brilliant. Thank you, Barry. And I understand, Barry, you got, have you got like a a best 11 for us based on the voting? Uh, yes. Uh, well, I,
4: I, I've got two two elevens actually, right. um, from the uh, uh, from that. So do you want those teams before you hear the final 50 or which way do you want to do it?
1: I don't mind. What would everyone, anyone rather? Do the final 50 first. Do the 50 first. Cool. Let's do the final 50.
4: Okay, then. Um, just just a, a couple of things to say about that before I, I give the final 50. Is that uh, two that missed out just by, by one point in the overall scoring were James Milner and Daniel Sturridge. So they had hard luck uh, in, in, in that final 50. But it shows, I think, how accurate the um, the positional ones were because uh, Gary Gillespie and Daniel Sturridge were the only ones who were on the positional lists who missed the final top 50. And their places were taken by uh, Philip Coutinho and Luis Garcia. So really what you've picked there and what, what all the uh, contributors have, have picked is very much a reflection of the final fifty. So, if I go through that, uh, starting at number 50 was Lewis Garcia, then Daniel Agger, Philippe Coutinho, Jeannie Wijnaldum, Steve McMahon, uh, Deep Mahaman, Gary McAllister, then uh, Mascherano, Alan Kennedy, Bruce Grablar, John Toshak, John Aldrich, Jimmy Case, Steve Nickel, Steve McManaman, Andy Robertson, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Then we've got uh, Jordan Henderson, Jan Mulby, Steve Highway, Jamie Carragher, Tommy Smith, Peter Beardsley, Phil Thompson, and Ronnie Whelan. That's the bottom half of the 50, that's 50 up to 26. Um, And so the top 25, Start off with Ian Callaghan, Sammy Hippier, Mark Lawrenson, uh, Michael Owen, Sadio Mane, uh, Bobby Firmino, Fernando Torres, Phil Neal, Alison Becker, Xabi Alonso, Terry McDermott, Ray Kennedy, Virgil van Dijk, Luis Suarez, Bobby Fowler, and that's up to 11. And so the top 10 were Emlyn Hughes, Ray Clements, Mo Salah, Kevin Keegan, John Barnes, Alan Hansen, Graeme Souness, Ian Rush, Stephen Gerrard, and King Kenny, number one. So that, that was the, the top 50. And as I say, a very good reflection, really, of what people had chosen within the uh, within the positional groups,
1: yeah, and, and just just quickly, everyone have everyone have their go. But is that your way? Would everyone agree with that? Would you have Kenny Dogleish one, Gerard two, Rush three? If you were picking a top three, I I
2: Asunus at number
0: three. Yeah, I I I I did with as well, Tom. I had Dogleish one, Gerard two, and as three. Yeah. I uh, had
3: John Barnes at four and Ian Rush at five. I had, I had Stevie G as my number one. Um, only, I just think of some of the games that he, he's literally pulled us round. I mean, I've said to the lads before with Kenny Dalglish, fantastic player. Don't get me wrong, but he was playing with other fantastic players. And there's been some games where Steven Gerrard has literally got us through on his own. You know, some of the players, I think, of the West Ham final. And I think of the Olympiakos game and, and he was the start of the resurgence in Istanbul as well. So I, 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 not only was he in midfield, he was everywhere that night. He scored the first goal. He was he won the penalty for the equaliser. He was playing right back at times with cramp and everything. And he was just everywhere on the pitch. And I just think he he just shaded to me from, um, from Kenny Dalglish. But for number three, um, once again, a little bit sentimental, but he was my... Probably one of my first heroes, the first poster that was allowed on my bedroom wall was Kevin Keegan. I thought he was, I loved Kevin Keegan. I wanted to be haircut like him, but I could never have it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And Barry, how does that translate into the, the two best 11s? Okay, well, just
4: quickly to say, from the top 22, Fernando Torres, Bobby Firmino, Sadio and Michael Owen missed out on the two teams, but purely for positional reasons. Otherwise Mm -hmm. we'd had six forwards in each team when when you looked at the marking. So they they had to miss out. So the top team from from the scores and the positions were Ray Clements in goal, a back four of Phil Neal, Jocky Hansen, Virgil van Dyke, and Emlyn Hughes. Midfield, Stephen Gerrard, uh, Graham Souness and John Barnes. And then you've got Kevin Keegan and Kenny Dalgleish behind Ian Rush. So oh. that's, the, that's the team for, that, that really came out on top in terms of the scoring. No one's beaten that team. And the second team, <laughs> the second team still pretty good. Uh, Alison Becker, then you've got Trent at right back, Sammy Hippier and Mark Lawrenson as your centre-backs with Andy Robertson on the left. Uh, Your midfield is Terry McDermott, Xabi Alonso and Ray Kennedy. And your three forwards, which are are really strong here, Mo Salah, Robbie Fowler and Luis Suarez.
1: Oh Oh my God. God. Oh! oh. Who's winning that game? Oh my God. 8 Wow. That is some quality there, isn't it? And when you think of
0: as Barry said, you know some of the players who didn't get in either eleven. You know those two teams would be fighting it out seriously for for the top of the Premiership, and they'd be you know 90, 90 plus points a season. Then what teams they were? I wouldn't like you know if i have got to pick one, I would I, I'd have to go with the first one with the midfield of Souness, Gerrard, and Barnes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, with Ian Rush, Ian Rush and Kenny and Kevin Kagan. You know, you couldn't beat that, but you know, the other the other one's quite tasty as well. But
2: for me, yeah, I'd just go with the first one. Jeez, that would be very close, wouldn't it? It'd be a, it'd be a tight game, because you you're looking at the forwards as well. Suarez, Fowler. Oh my God. It's just unbelievable.
3: I think I think it's... if you did play one another, I think it'd be one and lost in midfield, to be honest. Yeah, and I just think Gerard Soonis and Barnes might just shade it over Shabby Ray Kennedy, and Teddy Mack. But apart from that, I mean you look at the other forward line, Salah, Fowler Suarez, my god. <laughs> no, you know, you'd have to you'd have to actually prick up the goals to stop them scoring. <laughs> it's it's funny,
2: you forward forward to... Do you know what's funny when you when you look back at this? I was had this conversation with, with my lads, and I said, you know, like in 20 years' time, in 20 years' time, when all this, we're sitting back and you're looking back at footballers you know what Suarez Suarez and Salah will figure really highly you know in a lot of people right at the very very top with and with Stephen Gerrard up there and just incredible footballers the numbers most Salah's done for a winger you know they said like they say Terreri is the best player winger that's come into the premiership and he scored all the goals and everything. But you know what? Most Salah's goals he's just incredible. What a return. But I'll tell you what, James, when you when you announced that he was coming, or you know, when you thought he was coming, did you ever believe he would score the amount of goals that he has?
1: No, no chance. No, no, so, even, even after that first season, I thought. It's a freak, you know. You can't possibly, you can't possibly maintain those kind of levels, yeah, yeah. Especially, I think because because there was those question marks, weren't there? The fact that it hadn't worked out for him at Chelsea, you know, Serie A. We know is very different. You know, it, also it wasn't like there was a host of top clubs battling Liverpool for his signature. You know, it was at the time it was quite a relatively easy t- deal to do, and even Klopp himself is gone on record a few times as saying that he had to be convinced by the recruitment staff. That was very much a kind of Michael Edwards really banging the drum for Mo Salah and said, no, I promise you this fella will tick every single box that we need him to. Um, But yeah, just, yeah, just the consistency on a level. I don't think I've ever, I've ever seen from an attacking player before. And, you know, it's funny, isn't it? Even last season, people talked about him having a bad year, and he, you know, you look and he had what they had like twenty-five goals in all comps, and you're like, a bad year for Mo Salah is like beyond the dreams of most most attacking players. And and the other priceless thing, like we over the last hour we've talked a bit about players who missed out and players who who you know suffered from injuries and weren't able to fulfil their potential. But the durability of Mo Salah is absolutely incredible. He just doesn't miss football matches, does he? He just. He, he, that, and that's testament to the way he looks after himself, you know, physically. And he's just, you know, he's an absolute machine. You only have to look at look at his figure when he comes back at the start of pre-season. And um, yeah, the, the exciting thing is he's showing no signs of slowing down.
0: That's good. One thing I'd like to say just before just before we wrap this show up, and you know, when one thing I'd like to pay tribute to Peter Lewis Suarez because you know, we've we've sort of named all sorts of great players there, but I think if we had to name a player who who was the best player I've ever seen over one season, it would have to be Louis Suarez in 13, 14. I've never seen a player like that ever. And if he'd have played if he'd have been at Liverpool and stayed at Liverpool for two or three years after that season, then he would have been right up there, fight for the number one spot. Because that, yeah. that season, he was absolutely
4: incredible. Mm. Yeah. yeah. If he'd stayed, there, Les, we might not have got Jurgen Klopp.
0: Possibly not. Possibly not. And I'd much rather have Jurgen.
3: So, you, I was going to say, do, do you want
4: to make uh, a, a thank you to the contributors for tonight, then, Les? Yeah, go on, Barry. Yeah. Uh, let's say we've got 22 in all. Obviously, the, the four of us here. And also many thanks to to uh, John Green, Frank Sharps, Mike Wilson, Billy McCluskey, Colin Williams, Paul Deeks, Jonathan Deeks, uh, Jim and Mark Stevenson, Vin O'Brien, Les Howard, George Sefton, Derek McLean, Ian Fletcher, Ray Hughes, Ian Walker, Jed Ray, Margie Harrison and Paul Copped. Uh, You know, and. To be fair, they've all come in and said that they found it a really, really hard to do, um, and to not even just get the fifty, but put them in order. But they, to be fair, most people said that they also enjoyed the exercise, which yeah. Peter just said uh, before. So uh, I think it was it was worthwhile. And interestingly, um, eighteen of the players um, appeared on every single list and another 12 just missed out on one list. So there was a good deal of uh, continuity there. But on the other end of the scale, there were 20 players who were nominated who only appeared on one list. So again, that shows, you know, that individual supporters have their own particular favourites. So I think really, really worthwhile exercise overall.
3: I think it was a toss-up, lads, between Stig and Bjornaby and... Konchesky and Stigman. <laughs> That
0: was
2: the
0: top of the <laughs> Right, everybody, uh, that's the end of the, the best 50 and 50 years from 1972-73 to 2022-23. I'd like to thank, as Barry said, everybody who contributed and submitted the lists. I'd like to thank Tom and Pete, as always, Barry Holmes for, for putting all the lists together and getting all the emails in and doing what he needed to do to get make this show possible. And a massive thank you to James Pearce from The Athletic for presenting this show so brilliantly. So, as always, you'll never walk alone. Don't buy the sun. Just, justice for the 97. And see you next time.